0: Etc. Now, once again, the Combat Sports with Rhino, as we love to call it over here, CSWR, episode 39, if you can believe it. we got my main man, the number one ranked bantamweight in the entire country, Canada, season 18 tough contender, Bellator bantamweight contender, gentleman Josh Hill, joining us for 10 Rounds of Rhino a little bit later on. Our intro for today, we're basically just going to be talking about the UFC from last night. We've got our Dana White Contender Series recap a full UFC uh, Las Vegas 9 breakdown. We've got Dre's drop of the night. we got our picks for next weekend's UFC card. All kinds of things are happening. New location. I'm fired up. I hope you're fired up to listen. Let's go ahead and get our swim trunks and our flippy floppies done and dive right in. So we had the Dana White Contender Series last Tuesday. We had five fights on the card, which is almost as many as we had for UFC Vegas 9 ever all of a sudden done, but we'll get to that later. Uh, like I told you guys before, I'm just gonna go over uh who fought, who won, and then who got a contract. That's we're gonna kind of blaze our way through that. So we had Melsic Bagdasarian, who defeated Dennis Bazooka. I'm calling bazooka, I'm sure it's said some other different <laughs> way by unanimous decision. Uh, then we had Jimmy uh Jimmy Flick defeating Nate Smith with by a beautiful arm triangle uh submission in the third round. He got a contract. We had then Ronnie Lawrence, who Dana had huge praise for afterwards, defeating uh, Joe Johnson or hope oh, sorry, uh defeating Jose Johnson by UD. He got a contract. Then William Knight defeated Cody Bundridge by strikes in the in the first round, TKO. He got a contract. And then Tucker Lutz defeated Chase Gibson by unanimous decision. No contract for him or Melsick. Sorry about your luck. Next time you'll be uh, I'm sure you'll have another shot at it. So that was the Dana White Contender Series recap which is going to lead us right into our UFC Las Vegas 9 Breakdown. So, as everybody knows who watched last night, we were originally supposed to have nine fights. A lot of things were happening. A lot of parts were changing. There was several uh, COVID-19 tests that came back positive for guys. So, a lot of scrambling, a lot of things happened, but we still got seven fights. And we still got seven pretty good ones. So, uh, including the co-main and main event, which were fantastic. So, uh, leading off for the night was cole smith versus hunter azure this was a really fun fight and it seems to be a theme that the first fight of the nights are becoming really like back and forth bangers you know what i mean and really fun uh, hunter Azer really dropped Cole hard in the first round he was a beautiful combo it was a uh, leg kick uh then left hook right hand combo it was beautiful the drop smith cole smith to his credit man tough as nails show great guts, determination, heart, all of those things to come back and uh, stay in the fight and really do some good work on his own. But, yeah, clearly Hunter Azur got it. Uh, two rounds to one, 29-28 on the scorecard for a unanimous decision win. Uh, then we went into Vivian Arujo, who, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> she fucking smashed Montana De La Rosa on the feet. Montana showed a great chin and, again, also great heart by staying in there, but uh, Aruzzo really won. And, and she dominated two of the rounds, and then probably, to, to me, she won the other one as well. Uh, one of the judges somehow gave one of the rounds to Montana. I did not see it that way. I thought Vivian was beautiful on the feet. I thought she had her overhand right was Uh, Really cracking Montana, but Montana took it, dude. Uh, I I was surprised that Montana did not try to take it to the ground more and uh, try to slow her down that way. But for the most part, they stayed on the feet and banged it out. And so Vivian Arujo, great win, unanimous decision over the very tough and the very good Montana De La Rosa. So a pretty good win in the uh, 125-pound division. Moving our way to uh, Andre Munez. Got the first-round armbar and quick over over Bart Fabinski. This was... Fast and it was poignant and it really went by. Uh, Andre man got him when they were under the ground. Andre slapped it up, put that beautiful arm, arm bar on and got him out of there quick. in the uh, 185 pound division, so good win for uh, Muniz. And it's hard for me to see that name without thinking about Frankie Muniz or Malcolm in the Middle. Just a just a side note about how my. Rhino mind works it's always going back to the pop culture and TV shows and movies and whatnot. So uh big win for Andre bartos I'll just call him Bart. Bart, uh, you know, that we didn't really get to see too much out of him. I suspect uh he's probably done so in the UFC, but we'll see. You never know. And moving on to the man Brian Keller, dude, what a fast finish for him. And so basically there is no prelims and main card it was all kind of became the main card. So uh beautiful fucking guillotine by Brian Keller over late replacement Ray Rodriguez. His last fight was uh was in the promotion that I love Combate Americas. Uh shout out to those guys over there but he came in on late replacement after Kevin uh Natividad uh popped for the COVID-19. So uh late replacement Ray came in Tried to take down Keller. Teller, Keller immediately slapped on a beautiful guillotine. Got him out of there. I think it was like 38 seconds into the fight. So another big win for uh, for Keller in the 145-pound division. Good job on him. I think they should give Ray Rodriguez another chance. He, You know, he, you come in that later replacement and you get finished. Oh, well, at least you tried. At least you fought. You went through the whole process. I'd say give him another shot uh, at it. The uh, Marcos Rogério de Lima versus Alexander Romanoff fight canceled uh Marcos de Lima uh tested positive for covid so that was that was a no-go uh the same thing happened with thiago Moises, who was supposed to fight Jalen Turner that fight got uh canceled as well so that moved us into the uh, Michelle pajeetta fight versus zalim Amadiev I think that all right juice will critique me later, I'm sure. Uh, Michelle Pereira, what, what to say about the guy? You either love him or you can't stand him. I find him pretty entertaining. I, I don't like the theatrics normally, but when Zaleem just like pie faced him at the fucking, at yeah, the weigh-ins, dude, I was like, oh, that was a bad move. <laughs> Michelle did his typical, you know, showing his hands, blowing up kids, open-hand slapping him, He tried to, uh, like a Superman punch Pettis style showtime kick, but a Superman punch, it was fun. There was a lot that went on there. Eventually he got the, uh, he got the rear naked choke over Salim. I, you know, it, it was a questionable tap. I thought he did, but I mean, I could see why people thought maybe he didn't, but he was getting his ass kicked the entire time. The right guy won. That's really what it all boils down to uh, in the 170 division or welterweight as it were. I saw a lot of callouts. um, on Twitter about what they want to see for Pajeda next. I saw everything from like Mike Perry to Nate Diaz to uh, Paul Felder at 170. I saw somebody say, I mean, there's a lot of fun fights that can be made for the guy. He's entertaining if nothing else. Again, I don't think he's ever going to be championship material, but uh, especially on a card like this, that had so many fallouts and things not happen. It was it was a pretty fun fight, and I enjoyed it. So, uh, looking forward to seeing him fight again. And he's kind of an asshole, so I don't really care if he doesn't compete in the UFC anymore or not. So, uh, moving into oh man, moving into Kapow, kabang kaboom, open Saint Prude, otherwise known as OSP versus Alonzo Metafield. This one was a fun one. A lot of huge body kicks early for OSP. Alonzo tried slowing him down by holding him against the cage. It was, you know, it was shaping up to be good because they're both throwing hard. Alonzo had a lot of, uh, you know, times of inactivity. OSP stayed busier. And then before you fucking know it, the short left hook clean KO for OSP. Oban St. Pru, what a beautiful shot. And I have a sneaking suspicion. We're going to be talking about that a little bit later on in the show. But, yeah, huge win. OSP, clean KO over Alonzo Mennefield, who was a good fighter, who I do think we will see uh, make some noise at 205 down the road, maybe drop to 85. I don't know. But I like Alonzo Menafield But, man, OSP, dude, holy crap, what a beautiful shot, what a beautiful KO. Uh, that's going to go ahead and to uh, our main event. So, at this point, we're going to call our homie, the feature player, Adreya. Where we can both discuss the main event from last night, Alistair, the Ream, the Demolition Man, whatever you want to call him, over uh, fighting Augusto Sakai. So, D Reigns, let's go ahead and give our feature play, Andrea, a call. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, now we've got our feature play, Andrea. We are bringing her in to talk about the big main event from last night, Alistair over Reem versus Augusto Sakai in my most favorite division of them all, the heavyweight division. So, I pretty much had it like this, I pretty much had uh, Augusto and Reem kind of going back and forth. Uh, for the first three, four rounds, even, oh, the first three, um, I mm-hmm. thought you could have made a case for Augusto. I thought you could have made a case for the Ream. Uh, a lot of damage being done, a lot of back and forth, a lot of good um, ebb and flow to it. And then, man, in the fourth and in the fifth, it was all over him who got the big uh, smashing finish in the early in the fifth round with the TKO with those beautiful elbows on the ground. So. Uh, I thought it was a great fight. I enjoyed it. I know there was a few lulls of inactivity, but overall, I thought it was very active. I thought it was very entertaining, and it was a very close fight up until towards the end. What about you?
1: I agree. It was close. I there were a few times in um, in the second and third round where I was just kind of like, Breen, what are you doing?" <laughs> you know, like <laughs> stop I letting know. him hit you. But right. I, in my opinion, it just goes to show how experienced he is. How much of a punch he can take because he was getting, you know, he rocked him a couple times with with those flurries and stuff that he was throwing. But ultimately, he was wearing himself out doing that, and that's what I was just keeping in the back of my mind. I'm like, because I'm rooting for Overeem, so as he's throwing all these shots, you know, all I'm thinking is he's wearing himself out. He's wearing himself out. Overeem's going to come back in the end, and you know, right. going to dominate. And that's exactly. And that's exactly what happened. You know, I I thought he was going to take it in the fourth, but, you know, he he made it through. Um, I almost thought that the doctor may have was going to stop it because when he was getting up off the ground and his eye was just leaking like that, it looked pretty bad. But I'm glad they didn't and let it go into the fifth round. And uh, Reem once again took him down and dominated with that beautiful ground and pound and those elbows were just like horrifying <laughs> <They> were <laughs> horrifying to watch could you feel like you could hear that thump just you know it was it was great um, so yeah that I, I thought it was a close fight and it was back and forth but ultimately um, you know Overeem pulled through what he does so
0: yeah Good I feel fight. like oh, yeah Overeem, Overeem experience really showed through and he's become far more of a uh, cerebral fighter particularly in the last few years uh, you know being more measured in his approach, not exactly wanting to be in a firefight all the time, which he kind of was as a younger fighter. So very, very cool fight. I was very happy for him. We've got a question about him when we get to the Rhino gang session. But before we do that, let's go ahead and get into our Drea's drop of the night. The world, the world renowned Dreas. Drop of the night. <laughs> what? And I I I mean this might be the the least uh, dramatic where <laughs> we absolutely know what it was but what did you go ahead and tell the people what you pick from last right week, guys.
1: there wasn't a whole lot to choose from right but I think even if there was this still probably would have dominated uh regardless because it was it was a good one. Um, my drop of the night comes from Alonzo Menafield versus Ovin St. Prue. Um OSP was dominating the fight, being the way more active fighter and then in the round two um final minute Menifield, you know he decides he's going to start throwing some shots and he hit OSP with this uh, straight shot to the body and OSP countered him, with this left hook uh, to the head, dropped him in spectacular fashion <laughs> and got the walk off KO. Uh, so my drop of the night goes to ben St. Pre.
0: Oh dude, it was so awesome. I, I was, te- I was texting with Cyrus afterwards about it. Like, Oh, that was, that was just amazing. I'm the Wakanda forever signal that he put up to you afterwards. Just a really mm-hmm. great just a really great uh display by OSP, not only during the, the fight, but after the fight. Really, really cool. Love that guy. And like I talked about a little bit earlier, I think Alonzo Metafield is a good fighter. I think he'll be back. Everybody gets caught now and again. So uh mm-hmm. no shame in that losing to OSP. So we are now going to get into our main card picks. Now, this is kind of like we talked about it last week, Trey. This is an ever-evolving list of things, right? So they can right. and they can announce a card, you know, a week in advance, but things are always changing and shifting and moving. And obviously we saw it last night. We had a lot of changes and replacements um due COVID testing. So we 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 both look at, and I'm sure many of the fans out there do we both look at UFC.com, look at topology um and you know they, there are several fights that have been put on the prelims and put on the main card and put on the prelims and so we're not exactly sure 100 percent what the card is going to look like next week <laughs> we have got i i think we both have seven picks right so that'll that'll do our whole main card plus maybe a couple of bonus ones from the prelims but we'll just have to wait and see so i'll go ahead and uh get us started and we're, i'm starting out real hot with my man <laughs> Kyle Nelson, Kyle the Monster Nelson, Rhino Gang official, we did a great ten rounds with him a couple months back. Wonderful guy, great fighter. He's fighting another very tough fighter in uh, Billy Quarantino. But I've got Kyle the Monster Nelson seated through third round submission over Billy Quarantino. What about you?
1: I am taking Kyle Nelson as well uh, defeating Billy Quarantio, Uh, but I am taking a unanimous decision for all
0: for right. Kyle. So we got UD for the. We got a UD for the monster. All <laughs> righty, then moving into uh, Kama Worthy, who I'm very high on, uh, going against uh, Alistair Ottman. And I've got Kama Worthy going hard and going fast. I got second round clean KO for Kama Worthy. Clean KO. Second round. What say you? feature play a drink?
1: I'm taking Kama Worthy as well with a KO. I'm going to go
0: third round, though. Third round, third KO. round KO. All <laughs> righty. Then we're going to go up to uh, Julia Avia versus Sejara Eubanks. I've got Julia, even though Sejara looked good in her last fight. Um, I got Julia with a third round submission over Sejara Eubanks. So uh, third round sub for Julia Avia over Sejara is my pick. What about you, Jura?
1: I'm going against you on this one and taking Sejara Eubanks, uh, defeating Julia with a unanimous decision.
0: All I right. think That's she's me. gonna out outpoint her. She very well good. She looks. She looked really good in her last fight. I, I thought. Uh, but mm-hmm. again, I think I think Julia Avila is gonna get her in this one. So moving into uh, Mike Rodriguez, coming off his big win recently, only oh, long time veteran Ed Short Fuse Herman. I got Mike Rodriguez third round TKO over Short Fuse. I think Rodriguez is gonna implement that beautiful Thai plum and those knees. Uh, I think Ed's really tough and he's gonna be able to withstand it for a while. And Get it off, off But Mike Rodriguez, third round TKO over Shortview's Herman. What is your pick? He's playing draft.
1: I'm taking Mike Rodriguez. Uh, I'm going round two, though. Uh, I think he's going to defeat him uh, with a TKO. Oh, I don't know. KO, TKO via knee strike. I'm going a little bit specific. And this is just because I know his, his Muay Thai clinch style. Knees that are going to bend him over, and then he's going to throw shakes elbows that are going to put him down in round two. Well
0: if that actually happens we're going to change your name from the future player to Creskin because you, <laughs> predict, you predict these things all right <laughs> moving into the next play my main man Bobby Green. I dude Bobby Green can do no wrong for me right now. I am super duper up on Bobby Green. Love the guy. Uh mm-hmm. he's gonna I think he's gonna beat Alan Patrick by a clean another clean KO, but this time in the first round. First round, clean KO, Bobby Green coming off over Lando Bandetta. Yeah, over, over Alan Patrick by a first round clean KO for my man Bobby Green. What say you?
1: I'm on that Bobby Green train, too. Uh, he <laughs> um, I'm taking round two, though. I think Bobby Green is going to defeat him with a KO in the round two.
0: All righty. That's a great pick. Uh, moving into, I mean, who doesn't love Roxy, right? We've got Roxanne <laughs> Montefiore versus Andrea KG Lee. Uh, Roxy is a great ground fighter. Andrea Lee likes to keep it standing and kind of do the one two game a lot. I think we could see some clinch work, which is going to benefit Roxy. The ground is benefit Roxy. So as long as it doesn't say standing and Andrea is allowed to stand on the outside and pick her apart, I got Roxy uh, winning probably two rounds to one. So I'm going Roxanne, the happy warrior, Badafieri, over Andrea KGB Lee by unanimous decision. But I think it's going to be a fairly close fight. But you know I'm I'm going with Roxy. What about you?
1: I'm going Roxy as well. And I agree. I do think this is going to be a back and forth fight. And I I really hope that Roxy's able to get it to the ground because if it I think Andrea could take it. Um, but I'm I'm always I'm a Roxy fan, so I'm I'm rooting for Roxy. Uh, I think it is gonna be close, so I'm going split decision for Roxy.
0: All right, split decision with Roxy over Andrea KGB Lee. All right, so we lost our original main event. Uh, with which I was really looking forward to, uh-huh. with uh, Tiago Marietta-Santos versus Glover Teixeira. Glover um, was another person who has, uh, you know, dealing with COVID right now. So they're, they're you know, rescheduling it for Down the Road. So in its stead, the original co-main event is now the main event. Angela Hill versus Michelle, the Karate Hottie Waterson. Now, to, like, this is... A pretty easy one for, I, mean, I, I hate to say it, it's pretty i, I love michelle waterson i have her forever angela hill has been on another level lately her her evolution from even like 10 fights ago to now has been nothing short of spectacular angela hill she is firing on all cylinders i think she has all the tools um to take care of this fight without taking a ton of damage. i think she beats Michelle Waterson by a really clear unanimous decision. Like I don't think Waterson even I think it's gonna be all work, inside elbows. I think she's stronger than Michelle. Uh, Michelle is crafty. She's got some nice kicks, and she, you know, she's been around. She's a she's a veteran as well. But again, I think Angela Hill has just, you know, leveled up, if you will, in video games terms. And I'm going to go. I got Angela Hill by a really like a like a thirty twenty seven. Um, are they doing five rounds? They are going five rounds. Aren't they? they are going five rounds. Yeah. So yeah. So I would say fifty to forty five or something, man. Like, <laughs> I really think it's going to be one sided. So Angela Hill over Michelle Watterson by unanimous decision.
1: I'm taking Angela Hill as well. Um, although I I hate to say I don't think that they're ready for a five-round fight because I'm sure they could handle it. But um, I think Angela Hill's gonna outstrike her. She's gonna her performance is going to be better, and I don't think Michelle Watterson is gonna make it into the fifth round. I'm going uh, TKO finish in the fourth.
0: Wow, bold prediction from the future Jerry. She's calling a stoppage. Karate doesn't get stopped too often. So that'll be another feather in the cap yeah. of one Angela Hill. So that's a big, bold statement for you, to so Big, see. bold statements coming out of CSWR. <laughs> we don't play it safe around here, future play, Andrea. We go for the <laughs> balls. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> All righty. So let's go ahead and transition into our Twitter questions. I know the first Twitter question in the rhino game comes from my dear homie, Rage and Sweet Potato from up in Canada. What did Rage and Sweet Potato ask us this week?
1: Matt Sarah, Din Thomas, Michael Bisping, and Chael Sonnen, all former UFC fighters who had varying degrees of success during their fighting days who are now retired and work for the UFC or ESPN in some way or another. Aside from the current group of fighter commentators like DC, Cruz, and Felder, which fighters on the roster today do you think are most likely to end up as a lifer at the UFC? Who do you see having that? kind of staying power
0: so this is a great question as they always are for my homie Rachel Sweet potato there there was a lot of guys who came to mind right and i, and I didn't want to answer this question with like a 10 minute diatribe about the different guys <laughs> and why they would so the first the two that i kind of picked are uh the first one is wonder boy thompson uh he is a lifetime martial artist he has done some you know, commentating work. He has done some like inside the studio work. Uh, he's a handsome devil. That guy, he's really, really nice. He's well-received by everybody. He's really, really knowledgeable. And on top of all that, he's a top tier fighter. But I think the thing that makes him the most like um, marketable is that he one, He is a lifetime martial artist. So people have, you know, he had a million kickboxing matches before he even started his MMA career and you know, he's really well known in the karate world. He, he's just a very lifelong, deep, smart MMA slash all types of martial arts fighter. And I think he could do well being a lifer, whether that was coaching at the PTI with part time commentary, whether it was doing some in-studio work or maybe doing some sort of, you know, any sort of uh, publicity for the UFC. I think he puts a good spin on it. Now, conversely, and I think this one might throw a few people for a loop i think tony then would be a great guy to have on the roster like like we all remember him uh interviewing kevin lee's post fight and how they had they the back and forth we know he can talk we know he's eccentric we know he's fun we know he'll do and say things that are out of the box um what else is going to do when he retires man <laughs> like is he at yeah. a nine to five selling Insurance for progressive? I don't think so. You know what I mean? I think he can be one of those guys who uh is a lifetime affiliate with the ultimate fighting championship. I mean you gotta remember, he's been in there for so long, dude. He was a tough winner um you know what i mean and he's been just such a big fan favorite for so long at a high level and the dude can talk and yeah he's weird and he's got all these eccentricities but again i think he's something that we can see for a long time in some capacity with the ufc so wonderful for one tony fukui ferguson for two so thank you very much my man Rage the sweet potato so our next question comes from our dear homie dave frets the eyesight of graphic design and what does he have for us this week? I I believe, Drea, this question was was for both of us. So, what did Drea Dave have for us this week?
1: I'd like both of you to answer this. What (laughs) What do you think are the biggest three takeaways for the sport of MMA 2020 on a professional level? It's been a crazy year.
0: Yes, brother, it has been a crazy year. Unlike, the first thing is, unlike other most of the other pro sports, MMA and UFC specifically, I mean, Bellator has too, but it's really been the UFC. They have put on some great events, even in this climate of the COVID-19. There have been, you know, this was shut down and this was shut down and this was shut down for months and months. But and months. the UFC, small hiatus. They figured out how they were going to be able to do it as safely as they possibly could. testing And with, you know, getting rid of the fans and keeping the on a very low number. I mean, unbelievable what they've been able to accomplish. Okay, that's one. Two, the quality of fights that there's been during this time. Wiley Zhang versus JJ, dude. Holy shit. What an amazing scrap that was. Dustin versus Dan Hooker, another example. These are fantastic, all timeless type of fights that we've had in front of no crowd, they've had in a time where other sports are shut down. These things all happen under the ufc umbrella during the time period which is incredible and impressive and newsworthy and noteworthy okay uh definitely this is the tie for thirds i did too uh justin gaethje beating tony that was a humongous you know that was a humongous accomplishment that was a humongous event for the ufc and for mma as a whole and then triple c retiring dude the surprise factor See, coming he in his Six-fight winning streak going, dude. Six-fight streak. He was champion. At one point, you know, he was double champ before he relinquished one. So, Triple C just up and retiring. I do don't – I do don't <laughs> – I do think he'll come back at some point. I don't think the retirement is for good. But that was a very surprising story. So, he also asked you, future player, Dre, so you are out of your comfort zone here. And you got to <laughs> answer a question. What do you have for this man and this question today?
1: Well, your second one um, was basically the same as one of mine. So I'm going to give two. Um, One of them, I think, is that um, there is a lot of unknown talent out there. Um, This field has been brought to light during this because with all the negotiations and everything and them not wanting to pay as much during this climate because they don't have, you know, people filling the seats and stuff like that, they have brought on new talent that has not pointed us and it just goes to show in my opinion that there's a lot of talent out there that's not being seen and i kind of feel like um they may need to broaden their horizons as far as um bringing in the talent i mean i know they have multiple ways that they do it but um just with this with having to put on last minute fights and just grabbing people out of you know where um, there, there's talent there, and they're they're not disappointing us. These fights have been really good, um, so that's one of them. The other takeaway, um, I think, is that. MMA uh, has gotten bigger this year and it's gotten a wider audience um, due to their sports being canceled and UFC and a couple other combat sports um, promotions as well, being the first to start back up, um, I feel has drawn in um, some new, some new watchers, some new fans. So that's one of uh, the other takeaways that I've gotten um, in this climate with You know everything going on, um, and UFC and you know some other martial arts um, promotions coming back to back to light, being the first ones to start up, has definitely gotten um, some more fans. I don't think MMA is going away anytime soon. It's just yeah.
0: you're absolutely right but you know yes we did we have had a couple of bellator cards we have had uh lfa and we have had a few one other. We, yeah we have had a few other promote put on up, but who did it first and who showed that it could be done oh right so it, for sure right, so we so so it was the ufc for sure we
1: were the first and then it was just like it you know snowballed a little bit once the ufc could do it then it was like all this everyone else started jumping on the wagon but ultimately, even with other promotions, it's still MMA. So speaking 100%. about an MMA, you know, MMA, um, you know, as a, a as a sport, not necessarily right. speaking directly to one promotion. MMA as a sport, I feel, has grown um, because it's all that people have been able to watch.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And the point of me bringing. That up was we are lucky. We are lucky that the UFC love the way, and we are lucky that all, you know they've shown that this can be done relatively safely and uh, efficiently. And these other promotions have followed suit, so we've had content to watch, talk about, and take our minds off of other things. So that was a great, great question, our man Dave Frets. And once again, check out Dave Frets at Dave Frets and at Solo Shoes. I call him the Einstein of graphic design. He puts together the fire posters for cswr he can do custom shoes he did for joe Janetti uh, for his lfa fight he is the man so check his stuff out all right moving into our third question comes from your homie cyrus king at cyrus king and i gotta say okay Dre, and i think you agree mm-hmm. There was a poll on Twitter not too long ago where they were looking for the nicest motherfucker on MMA. <laughs> and I don't think Cyrus won, which I don't even know the other people. I don't think.
1: I voted uh, Cyrus.
0: <laughs> Cyrus King is the nicest human being I think that there is on the world. He interacts with absolutely everybody, he's involved mm-hmm. in several communities, not just. MMA Twitter, but uh, MMA politics and MMA food and, and MMA food and food. <laughs> <laughs> I guess all food could be MMA food, but uh, and yeah, dude, he is just what a wonderful human being. Uh, I feel lucky that we are both friends with him. What a great dude. So what did Cyrus King have for us this week?
1: Is Alistair Overeem the most well-rounded heavyweight, striking a grappling, etc. The fact that he never won the belt, does it show in heavyweight being the most skilled doesn't always guarantee a championship? Do you think the Ream can make one run?
0: Yeah, dude. Alistair isn't the most well-rounded heavyweight of all time. He's at least in the conversation on a Mm -hmm. very, very short list. Uh, If he never gets a UFC belt, just his resume alone is so impressive that he would really be on anybody's mount rushmore of the heavyweight division you know him and fedor have got to be you know probably one and two of the all-time greats uh don't forget the ream not only won titles in at strike force and in dream you know another mma promotion but he was also a k1 so a whole other sport in kickboxing he was the heavyweight champion at the highest level as well so you're talking about yeah, he has not won a UFC strap. I I, I don't know if he's ever going to, right? I, it does not diminish his resume and things that he's accomplished because you look at a list of who Alistair Overeem has fought in his entire MMA career. It is absolutely the who's who of not only heavyweight, but of 205 early as well. I mean, he fought Chuck Liddell at 205. Mm-hmm he is a phenomenal fighter always has been and he has kind of reinvented himself obviously with people make jokes about when he was Uberim and he looked like a you know a he-man doll jai huge in like when he would be when he beat brock or back in the strike force days when he brett rogers and whatnot um looking like like i said looking like an action figure but i still think he is A very viable top tier heavyweight, even at 40 years old, and he has tools and he has the wherewithal to possibly make another run towards the title shot. I don't know. I don't think so, though. You know what I mean? I don't think he's going to ever carry heavyweight gold. I hope I'm wrong. I hope at some point in the next couple of years he gets a shot, he gets a win. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. I just, if you're asking my opinion, I don't think he ever hoists UFC 265-pound gold. But I love the dude. I look forward to seeing what happens next. Yeah, he's as well run as there ever has been in the UFC. Uh, What about you? What's your take on this, Rhea?
1: I'm with. I I think he's had a great run. Um, I don't think he's out of it by any means, but as far as getting gold um, with the temple that's there right now, um, I I just don't see it, especially with John Jones. Officially, if he gets into that um, heavyweight, I think I don't think it's going to happen, but. I definitely that UFC Hall of Famer type for sure. He's with his resume and everything he's done for the sport. Um, You know, he's great. And I applaud him for everything he's done. And I think he should continue and, and get that gold. I just don't I just don't see it happening for him, though.
0: So, like the very famous meme that is out there, you me same page. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> we are on that. one. our picks are on the same page a lot today, so it'd be a really it's going to be a really uh, thin margin for error. I think we're only probably going to have two or three picks different for next card. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, so Drea, thank you once again for knocking it out of the park. My future player, Drea, the the homie of the Drea's drop of the night, the world famous Drea's drop of the night. Thank you for all of your help today. Thank you for being a future player, and we will talk to you next week. All right. See you next week. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and get into our voice questions. We got our voice question from our big homie, Jim soon I know there's been some issues with the anchor as of late for some of you. I hope you keep trying, uh, but Jim soon was really cool to get on through. So, Jim, what did you have for us this week, my dude?
2: What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? Rhino and the Rhino gang. Hope you're all doing well. Sorry I missed the uh, episode last week. This night shift, day shift crap just really kills me, eh? It screws me up every day. I have no idea what day is what. I really don't have an idea what day is what any day of the week, regardless if I'm doing night shift or not. Anywho, question for you this week is, uh, what's your thoughts on the uh, Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz 2 scrap being uh, talked about for January? Your thoughts on that? I think it's just is a money grab for the UFC. Honestly, I want that pay-per-view dollar, you know. But you know me; I'm going to watch them all, anyways. I know you will be too. So, that's my question for you this week, buddy. It is what it is, kids. You know, it's always four twenty. Thanks. Uh,
0: yeah. So my thoughts on Jorge versus Nate two targeted for January, uh, Jim. First of all, you're you're absolutely right. Of course, this is a um, a money grab, if you will. Um, you know, granted, the first fight was a doctor stoppage, but we all saw what was happening in that fight. George Masvidal, Jorge Masvidal was absolutely winning. It, it, to me, it wasn't even all that competitive. He's ranked number four in the welterweight division right now. Nate is 13th. So it's not really going to be moving the division forward, but we got to remember, as you know, everybody else knows too, Nate has a huge and fiercely loyal fan base. Jorge does a little bit to a lesser extent. But Jorge is still in the mix to a challenge for a title after a fight or two. I don't think Nate is. Um, they're both entertaining fighters, both in and out of the cage. So you know what? Fuck it. Let's just go ahead and scrap. Let's give the boost to the pay-per-view numbers for that one. It's now that like you can give Jorge another title shot because you just had one, you know, um, versus Kamaru, even though he took it on short notice. And Nate is You know, he demands so much money. He demands high dollars because he's as marketable. Financially, he doesn't even need to fight anymore, dude. He's a very successful guy. He has invested and saved well. So, you know, I mean, I'm fine with it. And, of course, I'm intrigued to see it. Uh, Do I think it will be any different this next time around? I doubt it, but it could. You never know. Uh, Nate, Nate will always surprise you. You know what I mean? But I still think if they do fight again in January, it would probably be a decision win for Jorge Masvidal. Uh, that's just how I see it, but yeah, definitely, it's it's like you said, it's definitely a money grab. It's a way to boost, you know, pay per view numbers. But I mean, you know, they are in the business of trying to get more people to watch, so it does not make sense for the division at all. It might be end up being a fun scrap, particularly if we can do the whole thing without any, um, you know, out any cut stoppages or doctor stoppages. So, Jim soon. thank you so much, my dear friend. I hope you're staying safe over there in uh, Canada Way, and we I hope you are enjoying the super cool comment sports the Rhino sticker that we sent you that was designed by another other than Dave Frex and sent you by the future play address. So thank you, Jim, as soon. All righty. With for without further ado, let's go ahead and dive our way into the 10 rounds with Rhino. The second time around for Josh, the gentleman Hill, Bellator 135er, the number one ranked 35, the entire country of Canada, Josh, the gentleman Hill, take it away, sir. Oh, my dear friends at CSWR. We have got, we've got a real winner. With us today, we've got a guy coming off of his beautiful win, um, Bellator in the 135 pound division. My man, Canada's own, the gentleman, Josh Hill. Thank you so much for joining me today, sir.
3: Hey, buddy, how you doing, man?
0: Doing really good, my friend. I hope this, uh, we're doing this remotely. Like Josh and I talked a little bit off the air, I gotta do this. The rhino moved to a different spot. And it doesn't have the Wi-Fi set up yet, so I had to move to a mobile place. So I hope the audio holds up well. So, Josh, I just wanted to say, first of all, welcome back to the show, man. How are you doing?
3: I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Yeah, it's been a a while. When was the last time I was on here? It's been, I don't know, a few months anyway.
0: Oh, yeah, it's been like six months, dude. And, uh, yeah, we're certainly glad to have you back. Josh, you're coming off a really nice win. or a very tough fighter, Eric Perez, uh, back on August 21st. Like, how do you feel? Like that fight went for you. You looked, you looked great. Uh, I talked, I gushed over you essentially on my last (laughs) show. But how did you feel? Like it went?
3: Thanks, man. Yeah, um, it it went good. I'm, I'm really happy with the way it went. Uh, I felt good in there. I felt really calm, and and, uh, I knew Eric would be uh, a tough test for sure. You know, he's got a lot of experience, a lot of wins, and wins over some good guys. So. I knew it uh, would be tough. I, I thought I had to finish in the third round. You know, I, I'm kind of pissed I didn't get that. But other than that, uh, I'm really happy with it.
0: Yeah, dude, it was, it was an awesome fight to watch. Uh, you, you split time training between your base gym in Canada that you've been at for a long time, House of Champions, and Team Alpha Male, a very famous gym out of uh, Sacramento, California. Do you anticipate that kind of being the, the way things are in your camps moving forward, kind of splitting time between those two gyms?
3: Yeah, I have, like, when I'm back home, I have, like, five different gyms that I go to. I got my own gym. (laughs) I got Parabellum. Uh, I go to House of Champions a little bit. Um, um, Niagara Top Team. Uh, And then I have Athletics as my strength conditioning. And then, yeah, I go to Alpha Male. But I've been going out there since 2000. 13 or 14 i think it was so i've been going out there for a while and yeah i i whenever i can get out there i you know i love to do it i love to split my camps in half and kind of start them out, there, finish them up in there. um but yeah i i mean i'll be going back and forth you know until I'm, until I'm done fighting that sounds good dude
0: uh so you so if you watch back the fight which i'm assuming you have with perez what were some of the aspects of your performance that you were pleased with, and some things you were like, man, why the fuck did I do that? <laughs> was there any of those? <laughs>
3: uh, there's, I mean, I, I was I was doing a lot of the things that I wanted to do. Like I wanted to land a lot of uh, calf kicks. I've been in crushing those in training, and uh, they're like my new favorite weapon, man. And that's um, so why I landed a lot of those, which is good. Um, I, I squared myself up a little bit more than I wanted to on the cage. I, I do like actually when guys kind of pressure me on the cage i'm really comfortable there but i tend to kind of you know square myself up a bit and kind of wait for them uh, a little bit too much which which is i'm trying to get away from but um and then yeah the one the, like i almost had that choke in the third and i think like if i just made a little couple minor adjustments i might have got the finish there but i mean he's a he's a tough cat and he's he's hard to put away but overall like i said i was pretty pleased with it i'm that, I, flying knee again you know it's the second yeah. time. yeah <laughs> I did it against Zani in my Bellator debut, and I and I hit him in the forehead with it, and and I just kind of grazed him, and I did it with Eric, and I just caught him in the nose. So I'm hoping the next time, my next opponent's on the chin, it's a uh, it's a finish.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure. Uh, so you again, you just fought. It, there would be, it didn't seem like you took a lot of damage in there, dude. Your defense was on point uh did you talk to anybody in the like of the brass of bellator do you have any idea when your next one could be are we just in the figuring it out stage or are you just like you know what i'm not even dealing with that right now i'm just going to take some time to relax
3: uh i talked to my manager um after the fight and he said the the matchmakers and the brass were they're definitely happy with me and and um, you know that they like me and they you know said i'm legit um so that's good i'm hoping um i didn't take any damage yeah you're right I, I feel good actually so i would i want to fight again before the end of the year 100 percent um i would love it if it was like november or december that would be perfect um so we'll see what happens uh i would love it if i could you know get one more win and that'd be enough to give me a shot at the belt but we'll see what happens i know they got the um, mix and archuleta are fighting for the belt uh next week and then I know they have Sergio Pettis uh, going to be fighting the winner. So, like I said, I think that puts me at, like, number four. Um, so, if I get one more win, I think, I'm, you know, that could you know, pretty much put me in line for a title shot. Hopefully, we'll see. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Josh. So, a
0: fighter of your caliber with your record, um, something didn't sit well with me. You know, I don't – I usually don't talk about this. I usually don't get into this. But a fighter with your record, uh, a fighter who has your – Uh, credentials being put on the prelims of that card it didn't sit well with me dude (laughs) i know i know right now with the the state of the world card placement is not the biggest deal right i get that but you belong not only on the main card but in like a co-main or main event spot that's that's not just me being like you know a friend and a fan, but that's like leg- legitimately, dude. Look at look at the track record. Look at the fucking credentials. That's where you should be. <laughs> did that bother you in any way? Did that was that like really? I'm not sure about this, but I'm still gonna go out there and kill it. Like, did that affect you or make you think about that at all in, in any way?
3: <laughs> well, thanks, man. And uh, I'm just kind I was kind of surprised that we were on the prelims to be honest, just because like. You know, I, you know, I like as my 20th win and I've, and I've fought and beat some good guys. And I've, you know, my only losses are to good guys as well. And I, I fought in big shows. And then Eric is a big name too. Um, and his last fight, I believe he was the, either the main event or cold main event when he fought for Beltor in his debut. So I, I kind of figured we'd probably be on the main card, but I know they had some other big names on there too. Um, so. I mean, I can understand the putting on putting on the prelims. I don't really, to be honest. I kind of liked it because I get to fight early, get it done with, and then I can just go and chill and watch the rest of the fights. Um, so I don't mind being a bit earlier in the night, to be honest. But it is nice having like a little bit more of a marquee. You know, being like a main or co-main.
0: Yeah, that's that's exactly the point. I know, like I used to love fighting earlier on the card; the better. I used to actually try to fucking. Uh, you know, (laughs) bargain with the promoters being like, hey, dude, if you'll put me on earlier, like, trust me, you know, you can take 50 bucks off of my tickets or, you know, something like that. But So I preferred it too. But yeah, it just, someone like you, someone like, you know, Perez, a fight like that, I don't know, just to me, it just didn't sit right being a a prelim when, the, the talent level exceeds even some of the fights that were on the main card. I'm just gonna go ahead. I'm just gonna go ahead and leave it at that because you are, as they say, a gentleman, and you don't want to get into too much of that. So, uh, now that you've had some post fight family time, what are some because I know I know Team Hill is a horror movie house. I know this about you. I know this, what are some of the horror movies that Team Hill has been watching? Now that you've had some downtime with the fam.
3: Well, um, my wife actually isn't, so I'm, like, trying to convert her slowly and slowly, but my, my, my stepson is definitely getting into it, and then my, my baby girl, she's already, you know, she's two, and she's already loving it. Um, so <laughs> I watched, uh, actually, it was actually before the fight I was in the hotel, I watched that, that movie, uh, uh, on Shutter. it's actually good, it's like a, um, a Zoom-type movie, uh, I- I was actually pleasantly surprised. And then uh, the other night I had the kids for the first time watching Scream. You know, they had to show them that, you know, it's an absolute classic. So they had to, they had to break that in.
0: Oh, yeah, dude, absolutely. So <laughs> they're, uh, I, as everybody knows and, and as I always bring up, what was the post-fight victory meal, Josh? I mean, I know you've been cutting weight and you've been fucking working your ass off to get down to <laughs> do it easy, even 35. What was the big payoff, food wise, after the big win over Perez?
3: Um, so it, it's you know, it being in the all the COVID and whatnot. Um, by the time we got out of there and back to the room the the hotel, the Mohegan Sun, um, I was super excited because they had a hash house restaurant there. Um, and if you know what that is, um, I've had it in Vegas, and they have uh, the best ever chicken and waffles you'll ever eat in your life. Wow. Um, so. Uh, so I was super pumped, and then after the fight, you know, I was looking into it, and they closed at 10 p.m., and, uh, oh no. <laughs> I, you know, by the time I got there, it was too late, uh, and then, you know, our flight, we were out of there at, like, 5.30 a.m. the next morning, and there, it didn't open until 8, so I kind of got screwed over, I didn't get a chance to get my chicken and waffles, unfortunately, but, um, it, I mean, it was good, after the after the fights, me and my, Linda and my cornerman went and hit up a bar, and um, had some beers, and, and I think we had, uh, I think it was chicken wings. So chicken wings was the go to this time.
0: I can't tell you how many times chicken wings has been the answer with fighters over the years. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's a, it. Just seems, it's one of it was one of my favorites too when I was fighting, dude. There's a, a big thing of fucking wings and a cold beer afterwards seems to really hit the spot just right. Uh oh, oh, yeah. So, oh yeah, dude. So you said uh, clearly you know, those of us who saw it know you didn't take any serious damage. Um have you been able to get back into training yet, or are you letting your body have a few weeks of rest before you start hitting it hard again?
3: Uh, I always take one week off, uh, no matter what, even if I have no injuries at all. It just I think it's and and it's good for your body and your mind just to kind of relax and unwind and, and uh, just kind of. Hit the reset button but I, I slowly um started getting back into it just uh workouts by myself like just doing some weights and i'm running again and stuff like that so next week i'll probably start um you know getting really back into it um I, you know i want to stay in shape obviously and and i just i don't like taking too much time off i need it it's more of like a you know stay prepared but also more of like a therapeutic thing i need to train i also miserable <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, I totally get it. That's fair enough. Um, so, yeah, dude, we have uh, we have rock and rolled through these questions real fast, as as we always seem to do. So the the final question in the 10 rounds of Rhino, which is always, as you know, Josh, is always the kind of weird, obscure, you really got to put your thinking <laughs> cap on kind of one. So you've probably thought about this before. I don't know if you've ever been asked it or not on a uh, interview or not, but could you give me two or three examples of something that the gentleman, Josh Hill, could have done – or would have done had you not become a professional MMA fighter?
3: Um, yeah, well, the first one up, like, for sure would have been firefighter. Um, I actually went to school for it, and uh, I was a volunteer firefighter for, uh, like, three years. Um, but then I just kind of, MMA kind of took over and then opened the gym, and I just kind of put that on the back burner and, uh, kind of just, you know, forgot about it, really. But that would, that was definitely something that I was pursuing, um, another i don't i don't know what else would i be doing right now
0: yeah it's a hard question dude that's what i really <laughs> think about
3: i know right um i don't know that that one is 100% that's pretty much the only two things i've really actually wanted to do really um is is fight or firefighting so well, uh,
0: yeah so you got to be fighting something whether you got to be it's,
3: fighting it's fight. something man <laughs> I, I just have an aggressive you know bone in my body that i got to like you know Take care of so I don't know what it is, but I gotta be doing something like active like that.
0: No, dude, that that makes perfect sense to me. And there's been a lot of fighters who have come from that, you know that area whether it was firefighting or law enforcement or you know the military backgrounds that's just it's, it seems to be a pretty continuing theme with a lot of different fighters so that makes perfect sense to me obviously steep a probably being the most glowing example of a yeah. prominent mma fighter who is also a, uh, a a fireman and what a what a noble profession it is so Josh, my man we have we have rocked and rolled we have careened our way through 10 rounds with rhino now you are the you are the second fighter who is Done the return you've not only gone 10 rounds with rhino once, you have bravely gone 10 rounds with rhino twice.
3: So, I'm doing give 20 you,
0: yeah, you've <laughs> you got 20 rounds of rhino, which is an amazing uh feat all in itself. So, uh, <laughs> everyone have to listen to me and go through my nonsense uh, a couple of times, but I really appreciate you coming on, dude. And uh, you know we are team gentlemen over here at the CSWR crew. And we definitely look forward to next time uh, we get to talk to you. And I'm sure it'll be after your next fight. And, yeah, we really hope you can see you in that mix for that 135-pound strap, dude. We definitely think you can win it and hold it. So we are all on board with you. And we wish you good luck in the future.
3: Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, anytime, brother, I love coming on and chatting with you. So just hit me up uh, after the next one for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I for sure will, dude. I really, really appreciate it, buddy. We will absolutely to talk to you soon.
3: Sounds good, my man. Thank you. This is the gentleman, Josh Hill, and I just went 20 rounds with Rhino. Dude,
0: it's always so fun doing 10 rounds of Rhino, particularly with someone uh having on for the second time like Joshua. Uh we got to know each other really well. We've kind of kept in contact. He's a wonderful guy. Um, really cool fighter. It was awesome to watch him win uh the other night, well, a couple few weeks ago on it in Bellator. Really looking forward to seeing what's happening with him next. Uh so yeah, big on him for doing 10 rounds of Rhino for the second time, or as he called it, 20 rounds with the Rhino. <laughs> so shout out to this week's contributors, man. Rage of Sweet Potato, Dave Fred, Dave Fredson at Solo Shoes, Cyrus King, Jim Asu, Of course, the best engineer in the biz, my man D. Reigns, the feature player Andrea for breaking the fire once again. Thank you to some of the members of the Rhino gang as well. Thank you to Yugi for the really kind words the other day, man. I really, really appreciate it. To my girl, Jessica, the horror movie Queen on the scene, my dude, Mr. B, my girl, Lanta Brown, Trouble, G, Mike, Kairos from Shots Fired Pod, all the homies of the MCCI, the TKO ladies, Chelsea and Delilah, make sure you check out the TKO Pod, my dude, Scott Nolan, my girl, Pokey Mama, the homie unsolicited, my dear friend, Ashley, the MMA nerd, Antonio, my dude, Marquise from Weak Sauce Radio, Raymond, you're doing God's work, man, keep up your soul on awesome. them. To uh, both Pamela's, both Pamela Yvette and Pamela Wholesome, Uh, you guys are awesome. I I love all the content you put out. So, so cool. Uh, To Deja, Miss Fight Diva, all the rest of the homies of the Rhino Gang, love you guys. Be safe. Black Lives Matter. I love, love, love you guys. And we will see you next week. Cade Signs!